Come on, if you're a believer and the Lord has washed you white through the blood of the Lamb, come on and give Him praise right now. Thank you, Father, for the grace of God. Thank you, Lord, for what you accomplished for us at the cross. Hallelujah. Feels good to be in God's presence, doesn't it? Amen. Once again, thank all of you for being here. Thank you for stepping out. Now, if you will, just speak to somebody maybe you haven't spoken to and just say hello to them or wave to them or give them a high five or say something nice to them. you can, as you make your way back, you can be seated. We do have several people that are not feeling well today and we just need to lift them up, remember them. In our prayers, we've got a number of folks on vacation and those of you that are going on vacation, we pray that you have a wonderful time. Uh, My family and I, we've been on vacation and we had a great time, so thank you for letting us go. And then we went to camp meeting and we had a wonderful camp meeting. And I hear while we were gone, you all baptized nine people in the last two Sundays. So that is just phenomenal. Thank God for that. I think I heard that Brother Landry may be here. I don't get to see him that often. Brother Landry, where are you at? Wave your hand. Brother Landry, it's good to see you, sir. How young are you now? You're 99. Wow. That is amazing. Congratulations on making 99. If you want to know his secrets, go ask him. 99, that's awesome. Still in his right mind. I don't know if they're letting him drive now, but I know up to just a few years ago, he was still driving. And one day I went by there, and I'm not exaggerating, the man was literally on his roof. Yeah. Yeah, literally on his roof in his 90s. Yeah. And uh, we were tubing Molly, and Molly's only, uh, what are you, 20? And Molly was like, oh, I can tell I'm in my 20s. I'm like, what? Are you serious, girl? Get out with that. Brother Landry's 99. What you mean? I can tell I'm in my 20s. Like she's getting old or something. Molly, you're hilarious. Molly does have a friend with her. Happy to have you today. Thank you for being Molly's friend and being in service with us. That's sweet of you. We had a great camp meeting. And Brother Tyler, you just did a wonderful job leading Thursday night. I appreciate this man of God. I love him. And I will tell you, if I wasn't 
if I was not called into ministry and my family lived in Wallace Ridge, I would be under this man of God. That's how much confidence that I have in him. Are any man, is any man of God perfect? No, because we're men and women. But I, none of us are perfect because God doesn't use perfect people because there are none. He uses all of us through our weaknesses that he might receive the glory. Because when we look at ourselves, we know that we could have never done that without him. Can I get a witness? And so I'm just so thankful for all of my brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm thankful for you. Thank you that you are here this morning. And listen, if you are a guest, I think a number is going to come up on the screen. If you just text that number, uh, it, uh, I believe it's going to pop up and it'll ask you for your name. Uh, maybe a couple little things, but here's our promise to you. We're not going to sell your information. We're not going to hound you with a bunch of texts or phone calls. All we want to do is just send you a little letter saying thank you for being here. Maybe a follow-up to just over the uh, phone say thank you. We appreciate you taking your time out to be with us. So all of our guests, we welcome you. Our next announcement is Mother's Memorial. And you may be new and you say, what is Mother's Memorial? Well, what it is, it's an offering that we give. It's a $100 offering that we give. And that goes to support our missionaries to buy washers and dryers and various appliances for our missionaries around the country. And then what you get in return is just a really nice little pin that says, thank you for giving $100 to Mother's Memorial. So if you will, you can you can give that this morning and just put in the envelope or in the memo mother's memorial our third announcement is we've been doing the sounds of psalms on wednesday nights and i know that brother grigsby has done an excellent job i appreciate brother grigsby i appreciate lauren i appreciate chelsea and our whole team putting this content and all of the graphics and things together and so we will continue that this wednesday night Then our last announcement, as our ushers are coming and as you are preparing to give, Alliance Student Ministry will be hosting a concealed carry course with Brother Tom Threat on July the 16th. Admission is $100 and everyone is welcome. You can, what you say, what is that? Well, it's real simple. If you want to get a license to have a concealed weapon, you can come and Brother Tom Threat who has served many, many years on the police force here in De Quincey, will be doing that uh, particular class, and you can, you can receive your concealed permit weapon. So there you have it. And then this Sunday, the Lord willing, you truly will be back in the pulpit to minister to you, and I'm excited about that. And just believing for this summer to be a summer of revival. Amen. Can I get a witness? A summer of revival. There's nothing wrong with that. Lives being changed and transformed by His Word. Thank all of you for your gifts, whether that's a dollar, ten dollars, a hundred dollars, or a thousand dollars. It all goes to the work of the Lord to further the kingdom of God, and we do appreciate every gift. Father, thank you for your presence. It makes all the difference. For all of our guests today, God, we 
We don't want them to particularly see us per se, but we want them to feel you and your presence because it makes all the difference. As your word goes through, Lord, your chosen vessel today, speak to us through this wonderful man of God and we will receive what you say. Bless, Lord, this offering, both the gift and the giver, and we give you all the praise. And everyone say amen. God bless you. Thank you for your giving. He's a pain. He's a pain taker. If you feel lost, He's a way maker. If you need freedom, a Savior, He's a prison shaking Savior. You've got chains. He's a chain breaker. Let's put our hands together and worship the Lord, shall we? Come on, has God ever broken any chains off of you? Have you ever experienced the delivering power of Jesus Christ? Let him know how much you love him today. Hallelujah. If I had one invention, you know, everybody's inventing things. Some of the dumbest things. And I look at it and go, no, I know I'm not that dumb. I could have thought of that. I mean, they come up with some of the dumbest stuff. I've been, I said one time, I said, if I could invent one thing, I would invent a pacifier that you could put the food in it. And, and as they suck, and they, they already got that. I'm like, where was this when I had kids? They come up with the dumbest stuff and people making all kinds of money. But if I could invent one thing for the church, I would invent a time machine. And when you got so professional in your Pentecost, I'd put your hide in that thing and transport you back to your lowest point in life and let you sit there for a little while and then bring you back and let you worship the Lord for where he pulled you from. See, you can't forget where God brought you from. You can't get so focused on where you're going that you forget the goodness of God that pulled you out of the miry clay and set your feet on a rock to stay. God's been good. Thank you, Jesus. I, 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 I used to get upset uh, growing up because I would hear people give these 
testimonies. And I thought, God, I, I don't have a cool testimony. I've never been stabbed, never been shot at, never gotten to a barroom brawl. Couldn't tell you what a bar looked like on the inside. And I mean, I would get kind of jealous as these people show up and got these cool testimonies. But I, the older I got, I realized I got the greatest testimony. God kept me. Friend, if God kept you, then you got a reason to rejoice. The keeping power of God. Amen. It's so good to be in De Quincey this morning. Love, brother and sister Neeland. And I want to say this, because I can say whatever I want to say now, because I don't care if I get invited back anywhere. My filter's gone. I got a great church to pastor. But I'm thankful for a church that understands the need for a pastor to take a break just a few times from the pulpit and let the spirit refresh him. Thank you for letting your pastor have that liberty. I went from evangelizing seven years, running hard, preaching several hundred times a year straight into pastoring where I preached the first year near about and, and didn't, didn't have anybody in and I try to be in the pulpit as much as I can. But let me tell you, it is hard to lead on empty. Okay? Very hard. And, and I, I know what it's like to need to be in the pulpit but not want to be in the pulpit. Because I'm a man. And so I want you to know, thank you for giving your pastor that liberty to get refreshed in his spirit with his family. And this is how I pastor. Now I'm not saying I'm right or wrong. I'm telling you this is how I do it. I've never, not one time, told anybody they couldn't go on vacation. You know why? Because I don't want you telling me I can't go on vacation. Because I'm going on vacation. Because before I was called to be a pastor, I was called to be a dad. And I, if I want to be famous in my family, I got to be with my family. My goodness. Let's go to the word of the Lord. Acts chapter 20, verse 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7. Bible says, And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, first day of the week, that was Sunday. And continued his speech until midnight. And there were many lights in the upper chamber where they were gathered together. And there sat in a window a certain young man named Eutychus being fallen into a deep sleep. And as Paul was long preaching, he sunk down with sleep and fell down from the third loft and was taken up dead. And Paul went down and fell on him. And embracing him said, trouble not yourselves, for his life is in him. 
One verse of scripture, very familiar, 2 Corinthians 5 and 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. I want to preach just a little while with the Holy Ghost spoke to me last night in prayer on the eyes of the Spirit. The eyes of the Spirit. Would you lift your hands and let's ask the Lord to help us in this place. Father, we need the touch of the Holy Ghost. I pray right now that you would give us ears to hear what the Spirit would say, but also hearts, God, to embrace it and to respond to this word. God, I pray for every person under the sound of my voice that as they leave today, they would not leave the same way that they came, but that there would be a divine impartation over the next few moments and that you would adjust their eyes today to see things differently than when they came in. I thank you for it and praise you for it. Can we clap our hands unto the Lord and give him praise? Thank you, Jesus. Lord bless you as you're seated today. The eyes of the Spirit. If I were to choose out of all the senses in the body, which one was the most valuable, I would declare today that this is just my opinion, but I think that we rely upon eyesight more than anything else. I know what it's like to lose taste. If you had COVID, there's probably a chance you did too. I can tell you what would happen if I lost my taste permanently is I'd lose weight. Because it's not fun if you can't taste it. But eyesight is something that in the physical world, we rely on it more than we think we do. And in the, in the flesh, when you're, when, you're, when you're walking in the flesh, when you're living in the flesh, you have to understand that kingdom concepts are different. They're opposite of the flesh. The spirit is opposite of the flesh. For instance, Jesus said, love your enemies. Do good to them that do evil to you. Everything is opposite. So it leads me to believe that if the, the thing we rely on the most in the flesh is what we have to rely on the least in the spirit, we walk by faith and not by sight. Because if we live for God based upon what we see in the flesh, there will be many times when we don't like what we see. All right? And, 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 and let me just help you. Perception, you ever, hear, you ever hear this? Perception is reality. You ever heard that? In other words, what you see becomes your reality. What you perceive becomes your reality. Even if it's not right, even if it's not true, it becomes your reality. Like, you ever heard this? Does this dress make me look fat? Now, I'm just telling you, this is the truth here. The dress don't make you look fat. Your fat makes you look fat. 
okay? That's why people say, I just feel fat. You know why I feel fat? I am. The dress had nothing to do with it. The body has everything to do with it. Okay? And, and, and we, we get so worried about what we, what we see. Now, I'm going to preach a little bit. I, I got This is all I got, okay? But the longer I preach, the longer I preach, okay? I don't have to have a lot to get going now. When I started, I had to have 10 pages to go 20 minutes. But I know what the Holy Ghost spoke to me. And there's people that's so bogged down this morning because you don't like what you're seeing in the flesh. But you haven't learned to look at things in the eyes of the Spirit because the flesh is opposite of the Spirit. What is faith? Faith is seeing those things that are not as though they are. You may be looking at a bad doctor's report in the flesh, but if you can look at that thing in the Spirit, you would realize that God is still a healer, that God is still a way maker. You may be looking at a lost child in the flesh, but if you can look at him in the spirit, you realize that that child's coming back. We get so bogged down living for God in the flesh. What does the scripture say? It says you cannot finish in the flesh what you started in the spirit. When you came to God and you got the Holy Ghost baptized in Jesus' name, you have never been more like God. You are as pure as pure could be, a newborn baby. But along life's way, you start letting carnality invade. You start letting people's opinions mess with the truth of God's word. You start allowing voices to come into your life that are not the purest voices. That's why it's so important to put that word in your heart and in your mind. Because if you want a mind of God, you got to get in the word of God. You got to get off of Facebook and put your face in the book. I don't have social media. I have a life. Thank you, Brother Neela. But when you got the Holy Ghost, if God's objective, if God's objective was to fill up heaven, he'd have killed you when you come out the water. Because you've never been more ready to meet God than when you come out the water talking in tongues. But that's not his objective. He wants to walk with you in a relationship just like he did them in the Garden of Eden. And so you have to learn if you're going to walk with God. You don't walk with God based on what you see down here. You walk with God based upon what you see in the Spirit. So listen to me. Your tongue and your eyes are connected because usually you will, you will speak what you see. All right, the eye is the gate of the soul. What comes in comes into the heart. Then what happens? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So they're connected. I mean, if you, if, there's people, if you see yourself as ugly, it don't matter if you're the most beautiful thing on the face of the earth. I've seen people that, are, that were beautiful could get anybody they wanted. 
Except they were the only one that didn't see their own beauty. And because they didn't see it, all they did was constantly speak negative about themselves. Okay? Look, I know I ain't the skinniest thing in the room. But I'm probably the hottest thing in the room. Because in my mind, I got it. That's not cocky, that's confident. I make an illustration. It's what you see. And it comes out of your mouth. And if you see yourself as never getting healed, you're going to start speaking. I guess I'll always be like this. I guess God's not listening to me. I guess God's not going to do it. If you always are broke, then you'll never, you'll just keep speaking. I guess God's not going to provide. I guess I'll never have any money. If you look at things through the eyes of the flesh, then your mouth is going to speak nothing but negative things. But if you can transition this morning to the eyes of the spirit, I may be looking at a broke bank account, but I see a God that owns a cattle on a thousand hills. I see a God that's never failed. I see a God that's always provided. You got to transition from the eyes of the flesh. We walk by faith. What is faith? It's the eyes of the Spirit. It's what Jesus walked by. Oh, you got five loaves and two fish? That's the eyes of the flesh. Jesus said, Hold up. Let me touch it. Because he saw through the eyes of the spirit. He saw what was fixing to happen. And do you think he would have ever spoke? Let me touch it. Give it to me. If he didn't know there was a miracle already in the making. He walked in the eyes of the spirit. He looked through the eyes of the spirit. That same power was given to Paul. And when Eutychus fell... Off that window. See, they've been sleeping in church a long time. It ain't nothing new. They've been sleeping in church a long time. I love it. I mean, every time I see somebody sleeping, I want to call on them to testify right there. But the Holy Ghost restrains me. But when he fell off that third loft, Bible says he was taken up dead. In other words, everybody around him said, he's done. He's dead. There's no life in him. Gave up on him. But there was a man that was looking at things through the eyes of the spirit. And he ran down. And the Bible said he fell on him. And he embraced him. And he said, there is life in him. Now you hear me this morning. When I stepped in this sanctuary, I knew that there would be people just like Eutychus, that you have fallen in life and everybody else may have given up on you and your family may have given up on you, but your fall is not final. And I've come to look at you through the eyes of the spirit and to declare that there's still life in you. There's still value in you. You are not done. Hey, listen to me. You never know when God is going to work a miracle through you. Here recently, they ain't got no clock. Yeah, they got a clock. Okay, we'll be out by 12. I got to teach Sunday school at five, so I got I to hurry. We were on a trip recently, going over to Hattiesburg, Mississippi, through Natchez, and you get on Highway 84, 
going towards Natchez and it's, a, it's two lanes and then a median and then two lanes. And we're just clipping along. And I was in the left-hand lane on cruise control and I come up on a hill, leveled out. I had my family with me. And when I got up on that hill, I saw in the right on the shoulder was an empty logging truck, 18-wheeler. And then in the next lane was a side-by-side, a, a big razor side-by-side with, with big tires on it, and it was laid on its side. Then in my lane was a, a young boy. He, he was standing like this, like in disbelief, looking at what just happened. And I said, there's been a wreck. And nobody was around. I said, this just happened. So when I got there, there was a crossover right there, and I just hopped in park. Come to find out, the, eight, the, the 18-wheeler had nothing to do with it. There was a, a white BMW that was going 70, a, a young mother and a, a little girl, and this 13-year-old boy was not paying attention, and he come straight across and hit her, pushed her up into the woods, but flipped this side-by-side. Side. They weren't wearing seatbelts. Well, I took off running to the boy. Well, as I got closer to this boy, the grass in the median was probably knee-high. I saw a little 12-year-old girl laid in that median, and this was his cousin. And she was either dead or seconds away from death. And all I could do is I fell on that little girl. And I started saying, in the name of Jesus, I command life into your body. I command breath into your body. I'm telling you, I didn't let up. I felt the witness of the Spirit. People started coming all around, and I just kept at it. And she laid there dead. And all of a sudden, I heard her cough. And I, I was like gas on a fire. And I kept going. And she started moving. And, and, and listen to me. I don't know what happened to her after that because I left. But I know that I no, I looked at that situation through the eyes of the spirit and I didn't see a dead body. I saw a miracle that God was wanting to do in that baby's life. We got to stop walking through life through the eyes of the flesh and start walking through the eyes of the spirit because the same power that Jesus had, he said, I'm going to put it inside of you. And you don't just use it at church. He said, when I give you this power, you're going to be witnesses of me everywhere you go. Friend, we got to stop trying to be Pentecostal on Sundays and Wednesdays. And we got to start walking in the power of the Spirit every day of our life. Because it's, it's all in what you see. It's all in what you see. See, the reason we struggle is we don't see ourselves as God sees us. Go to, go to the book of Numbers, chapter 13. I believe I gave you that scripture. Numbers 13, verse 30. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses. This is after they go, the 12 spies go and look at the promised land. It was already theirs. But see, we want what God has for us without a struggle. That's not how God works. Okay. He said, he said, let us go up at once. 
and take possession. For we are well able to overcome it. This was somebody that had the eyes of the spirit. This was somebody that spoke the word of faith. But look at the next verse. Let's keep going. But the men who had gone up with him. You got to watch these church people. I'd love to tell you that everybody in this building had faith and had the eyes of the spirit. But I've been pulled down more by church people than ever by people in the world. I expect the world to act like the world. But it's when people who are supposed to be saved act like the world. That's when we get messed up. Mm, That's a different subject. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people. For they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land. Hold up. Let's go to the KJV because I want to show you something. Numbers 1332. Here it uses bad, but let's go to what the scripture says. It says, and they brought up an evil report. There's a big difference between bad and evil. Your negative viewing and your negative speech is not just bad in the sight of God. It's evil in the sight of God because God's looking at him going, I already told you it's yours. Have not I proven myself by bringing you all the way out of Egyptian bondage and taking care of you all throughout this time? And God says, now you're going to question me. Now you're going to doubt whether or not I can do Hey, listen to me, church. I don't want to have an evil report when I look at my circumstances, but I want to have a good report that says God is well able. God is well able. The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of a great stature. Next one. There we saw the giants. Okay? They're looking through the eyes of the flesh. We saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in our... Oh. Side. Watch this. We always talk about them being grasshoppers, grasshoppers compared to those giants. But they said, before it says, and so were we in their sight, it says we were in our own sight. They were talking about how they viewed themselves. The reason we've got people that are not living up to their potential is not because God is not able, but because how they view themselves. Hey, friend, how you view yourself will determine what you do in this world for God. I'm not going to look at myself through my flaws. I'm not going to look at myself through all of my struggles. But I see someone that's been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And if God can use anybody. I want him to use me. Come on, clap your hands unto God. If you never see yourself teaching a Bible study, you ready? You won't. If you never see yourself praying somebody through the Holy Ghost, you won't. You have to see 
in the eyes of the spirit before you ever see it in the flesh. Now listen, I'm not fixing to brag on me at all. I, I can't talk about you. All I know is me. But I didn't come from, from an apostolic preacher's background. My mama was a bus kid, lived in a 24 by 24 tar paper shack on Smith Ferry Road. And she fell in love with Jesus riding the bus to church. Who would have thought that her son would be pastoring in Wallace Ridge? But I was a kid. I was a teenager. I, I felt my call to preach. And, and, and I was a knucklehead. But Steve Lawful, he's known me most all my life. I was a knucklehead. Okay. I was an instigator. I just, I just was not a model Pentecostal. But you know what I'd do, Brother Neelan? I'd go up to that church. I'd get a microphone when nobody was there. And I'd start walking around praying. And I'd start praying and my praying would turn into preaching. And I'd learn how to feel after the Holy Ghost. And no, why? Because in my, in, my, in my mind's eye, in the spirit, I said, God, one day I see myself preaching to hundreds and thousands of people. And if I don't see it here, I'll never see it here. And so I learned to walk around and pray. And everybody else, if they'd have saw me, probably thought I was dumb. But they didn't see what I saw. They didn't know what I know. I saw it in the spirit first. If you don't see your children praying through, it's a good chance they won't pray through. Why? Because your prayers are dictated by what you see. You got to walk in the eyes and look through the eyes of the Spirit. Look at Elisha, 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6. When the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, a host compassed the city both with horses and chariots and his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? You ever been in that situation? God, what are we going to do? I can tell you, I've been in that situation so many times. God, how am I going to pay the bills? You know how many times I put up my Captain Crunch Berries at Walmart? By the time we get to the checkout, I start putting up everything that I wanted. Because there was no money. See, some people say, I'm broke. You ain't broke. Wearing what you're wearing, living how you're living, driving what you drive. i show you broke. I can remember when... I didn't even have to count what was in my bank account. Zero. I can remember saying, God, I don't have no money for groceries. And God laid on somebody's heart because we kept our front door unlocked. Walk in and there was groceries all over my kitchen table and all on the floor. When you ain't got nothing, you'll have a miracle. You know why in the old days we read of all their miracles? They didn't have Visa, MasterCard, Discover, Care Credit, American Express, Mama and Daddy. And so they knew if it's going to happen, I got to see it in the spirit. 
and I'm going to start praying until God brings it to pass. Hey, friend, it wouldn't hurt any of us if God put us in a season of trying where we didn't have any options but God. It may be uncomfortable, but I'm going to tell you what you'll come out with. You'll come out with a testimony of this is what the Lord has done for me. This is what, let me tell you how God made a way when there was no way. He said, what are we going to do? He wanted his circumstances to change. And so what we pray is, we pray, God, get me out of this. Let me tell you how you should pray. God, what can I get out of this? Because a lot of times God's not worried about changing your circumstances as much as he is changing you. See, we got this messed up mentality that adversity is a sign that we did something wrong. It's the judgment of God. Judgment of God. No. No. How does God shape his people? The only way is through adversity. Circumstances of life. If you want to learn how to forgive people, you got to have people do you wrong. If you want to know how to love your enemies, you first have to have an enemy. If you want to have a report of God providing financially, you first have to be broke. We want the report without the problem. But you can't get the report until you first have a problem. And so he said, God, what are we going to do? And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, and he said, fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with him. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes. He didn't pray for the circumstances to change. He said, God, transfer his eyes from the eyes of the flesh to the eyes of the spirit that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about. I've come to TPC this morning to tell you that they that be with you are greater than they that be against you. You just got to ask God to open your eyes. Stop looking at it through the eyes of the flesh and start looking at it through the eyes of the spirit. Stand with me right now. I feel the unction of the Holy Ghost. Lift your hands to heaven right now. I want you to start asking God, God, open my eyes. God, I don't want to walk through this life through the eyes of the flesh. I want to walk in the eyes of the spirit. There's people that you want me to minister to. There's people that you want me to touch. There's people that you want me to come in contact with. And God, as long as I'm walking in the eyes of the flesh, I'm going to miss the opportunity of the miraculous. I'm preaching to people this morning. You've been living this thing, looking at it through the eyes of the flesh for too long. And when you walk after the flesh, the Bible says you cannot fulfill the things of the Spirit. This flesh, this flesh is temporal. It is just a speck on the spectrum of time. 
Should you live to 80 years old, do you know that 80 years is nothing compared to eternity? Nothing. Not even a, a blip on the radar. So we're not called, once we've been given the Holy Ghost, we're not called to walk after the flesh anymore. The Bible says the flesh lusteth after the spirit and the spirit after the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other. We're not called to walk after the flesh. We're called to walk after the spirit and look at things through the eyes of the spirit. Now watch this. Watch this. This doesn't just apply to you. It doesn't apply to just miracles. It applies to people. Because what we need deliverance from is we got to be delivered from a judgmental spirit. Because when you look at people through the eyes of the Spirit, this is what the Spirit says. He that is without sin, let him cast the first stone. Lord, we caught her in the very act of adultery. The law says stoner. That's why they had stones. The law said she's dead. She don't deserve another chance. They were looking at it through the eyes of the flesh. But Jesus Christ was the introduction of grace to humanity. And he said, I have come, didn't come to destroy the law, but to fulfill the law. What is the fulfillment of the law? Love is the fulfillment of the law. And when you look through the eyes of the spirit, you are looking through the eyes of love. And there's going to be people throughout your life uh, that your flesh is going to want to condemn them. Your flesh is going to want to say, hey, you're wrong. But when you look at them through the eyes of the Spirit, you're going to realize that God's going to keep giving them chance after chance after chance. Because he's not seeing what you're seeing. There's going to be people coming into this, this church and in these altars that society has given up on and their families given up on them and people wrote them off because they made so many mistakes. They don't need to be judged. They need to be viewed through the eyes of the Spirit. That's what this thing is all about. Because this is what the writer said. And such were some of you. The only reason you're here today is because God's mercy did not jerk the curtain off of what your problems was and didn't expose you to your fullest. As the Spirit, I feel the Holy Ghost so strong right now. I see, Brother, brother, brother Neelan, I see like the, 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 a flood. When I looked through that door, I saw water. Water always represents people. And I saw fish. I saw so many diverse kinds of people. There's going to be so many different types of people come uh, that we cannot measure them according to a certain standard. Uh, hey, friend, I believe in holiness from top to bottom. Uh, but holiness starts in the heart. Uh, we got to make sure the heart uh, gets right. Uh, we can't clean people up uh, before they get the heart right. You love them. You love them. You love them. Lift your hands all over this building. Come on, we're fixing to go to come to an altar in just a moment. In just a moment. Oh, hallelujah. 
come on sis we're gonna we're gonna pray when i looked at you during service don't take this the wrong way i'm just telling you what i saw okay i saw in time i knew it was it was a casket and i knew it was you because death visits everybody but hear me i'm not saying death's coming right now this is what i saw from that casket i saw words coming out and written on those words were prayers and I saw them floating through the atmosphere, settling over people's homes. And then on top of that casket, I saw fruit and vegetables and so much stuff start coming on top of it, started appearing. And the Lord said, you tell her, just as Abraham did not see the fulfillment of his prayers, he walked with God and it still came to pass that after you are gone, the prayers that you have prayed are gonna start reaping benefits. They're gonna go to people's homes. They're going to visit your family. Things that you didn't even know that God was going to do. God says I've honored her faithfulness. I will see it. I will do it. So shall it be God. As I have spoken, he called Oh, hallelujah. 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 Sis, could I pray with you just for a second? Come step out right here. You're the first person that I saw when I came in. And when I looked at you, I saw you, there was a book open in front of you. And on those pages, it was so splotchy and spotted, stained, black. And you kept trying to flip the page, but the page was stuck. It, it wouldn't turn. And you just kept pleading, ready for this page to turn. But I saw wind come through that room. And that wind took that page and flipped it. And the chapter, the next chapter, it said new season. I don't know what season you've been stuck in, but I know what I saw in the Holy Ghost. When we pray, there's a wind going to blow into your life. And the Page is fixing a turn. So shall it be right now, God. Come on, church, pray with me. Come on, all over this building. All over this building. All over this building. Grab somebody by the hand and I want you to begin to pray with them. Hallelujah. Sir, sir, I gotta talk to you real quick. The Holy Ghost showed me. Lift your hands all over this building. I want you to begin to pray. All over this building, I want you to begin to pray. Come on. Come on, church. Reach out right now to the Lord. Why don't you grab somebody by the hand right now? Make your way to this altar. Come on, I want you to say, God, I'm not coming up here looking through the eyes of the flesh, but I'm looking through the eyes of the Spirit. I'm looking through the eyes of the Spirit. Come on, step out of your pew right now. Make your way to the front of this altar. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I want God to open your eyes. As they begin to sing, I want God to open your eyes. 
I'm not walking out of here the same way that I came. Is working together. 
because you can be together and agree together and not work together. But when you get synergy, it's what caused him to start building a tower that caught the attention of the Lord. And what would happen in De Quincey if we stopped just being together and we started working together as a body of believers? Because the Bible says that somebody's got to break up the soil. Somebody's got to plant the seed. Somebody's got to water it. But God gives the increase. Listen to me. We are not competing with any, each other in this place. There are more than one, two, three, four, five, six. There are more than seven people that can sing in this church. They're not competing for a spot on a praise team. There are more than two people that can do the same thing. Teach Sunday school, be a hostess, be a usher, whatever it is. And as long as we view this through the eyes of the flesh, then we're going to rob ourselves of the beauty of being a part of the kingdom of God. Here's the beauty. God says, I'm going to get a whole bunch of people that don't look alike. They don't act like. They don't get along if they were ever in the world. But I'm going to bathe them in my blood. I'm going to give them my spirit. And then I'm going to cause them to all start working together to reach souls. I want you to grab that person by the hand, somebody next to you. I don't want us just to be unified. I want you to pray, God, help me to start working together with this person. Help me to start working together with this body of believers that we can see a revival.